The next fun thing here this morning is uh, this sort of familiar face. By the way, my name is Derek, and I'm the lead pastor here. And if uh, I haven't met you yet, I look forward to meeting you. And if I haven't seen you in a long time, I look forward to catching up here. Um, But this familiar face is back, and this morning we get to um, welcome another familiar face from the history of Faith Church. So let's all welcome up Scott Lamb. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, guys. This is, our, this is my friend, Scott Lamb. Uh, those of you that have been around Faith Church for quite a while would know that, that uh, several years back, actually maybe like 10 years Almost back, 10. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Scott served on our staff team for six or seven years, uh, leading students, high school students and junior high students. And then about 10 years ago, God moved him on to new adventures. He's now the pastor of Emmaus Life. Uh, church in Eugene. That's right. And we'll hear a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, but do you, have bullet, uh, do you have bullet points like Marty? I do, but not as good as Marty. Marty, come help him. There's a real good chance that this is going to just be a very informal conversation well, between I'll just, friends. Today, I'll just right? say real quick that house, I could tell you a few things because I did some work in there. I, I, we lived there for a little bit. Oh, that's um, right. And if you guys have ever been to Disneyland, you know how they'll hide like little Mickey's? like all over the place, and it's part of the deal where you try to find them. I've written my name in so many places in this building. I'll give you a dollar if you can find them all. Yeah. A dollar? That's all I got. Okay, all right. I'm a church planter, so that's it. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you said we lived there, and you're not alone this morning, so we'd yeah. love to have you uh, introduce your Yeah. There's going to be a picture on the screen, and I know they're sitting right they're here. They're right here. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Chris and I are still married. Praise awesome. God. So, yep. Yeah, uh, 18 years. We just had 18 years. Uh, let's see, is there a picture? I, don't, I think there's um, a picture coming. I'm not going to make my kids stand up. I, I, I think you should think, yeah, stand up. <laughs> they just stare at me. There, they're right there. You can there's see them. The picture. But Ellie is 15, and uh, she's awesome. Um, she's an excellent driver to be. Already. Okay, she's all, she says already. Uh, Ethan is 13, going to eighth grade, starting football. And Emmeline, you want to wave, little one? Uh, she's fourth grade, uh, doing awesome. So uh, we've been homeschooling our kids uh, since, really since we moved. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we are really excited about where we're at right now with our family. Uh, we all love each other most of the time, so it's good. It's really good. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Well, we're glad to have all of you with us this morning. Glad to see you again. And uh, want uh, those of you that know this family to get a chance to connect with them today. They're going to be at the picnic. Um, be sure to say hello, give them hugs, and greet them. And if you don't know the Lamb family, we want you to get to know them as well. Um, so I know mostly what we're up here for yep. is to be excited about what God's doing in you now and, yeah. and what that has to do with, uh, with our church here and, and churches all over the area. But, but really quick for, for our church family to know sure. and remember what's been up with you since you left ministry at Faith Church, what so much. God had you guys up to. So much. Uh, no, it's been great. Uh, so we moved to Eugene. Uh, actually, it'll be 10 years uh, 10 years ago uh, in September. So we moved to Eugene. Uh, I had been the youth pastor here for about seven years. Uh, we almost made it through two classes of kids. Um, and at the time that we left, uh, see, Michael and Michelle were holding it all together. So um, that's <laughs> no, it was, it was great. And I feel like um, moving was a big transition for us. Um, it was happening. Um, we were, you know, everybody wants to plant a church when your pregnant um, wife uh, and you don't have a place to live. So, I mean, Perfect. it was just a Perfect. really ideal situation. Um, 
But no, we, we moved uh, and just began church in our house. And from there, we moved to Peterson Barn, where we're still meeting for church. And Peterson Barn is a community center right across the street from our house. We've embraced that place. They've embraced us back. Um, in fact, uh, you know, they don't even ask us to have staff there anymore. They just gave me a key, which is dangerous. You can ask Cindy. I lose them. Um, you know, uh, I still, maybe I still owe for a key. <laughs> I probably do. Uh, here. Um, we might let it go. We might let it go. Yeah. Um, or the bus keys. Gosh, I lost a lot of things. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, they just let, they let us kind of have the run of the place, which is awesome. And um, we've, like I said, we feel like we've been embraced by our neighborhood. And one of the things that I say to um, planters that want to start is if you go into a neighborhood and tell them you're the pastor, they're probably not going to believe you. But if you go into the neighborhood and you spend time in that neighborhood and you invest in that neighborhood, you learn to love that neighborhood, they may eventually call you a pastor. And so many of the staff that work at Peterson Barn, they love our family and they love us, though they'll never come to church with us. It's kind of strange. They're just so, there's so much resistance there, but they allow us to love them in so many ways and we allow them to love us back. Um, And so there's been this relational equilibrium that we found with our neighborhood and feel really blessed to to still be there. Um, And so... Yeah, I think it's like eight, seven years at the barn now, um, and about, isn't it about eight, almost eight? So it's good. It's really good. Right Thank on. you. Yeah. yeah. So we're excited. We want to be able to continue to pray for Scott and his family in the ministry of Emmaus Life. Um, and, and then also, we wanted to share with you kind of why Scott's here this morning and what that has to do with us, Faith yeah. Church, and how God might want to speak to us this morning. Uh, and first, I just want you, my church family, to know that I am super thankful for this guy and, and have been blessed by uh, a building friendship. Yeah. And because, because Scott still pastors in the region and he and I and some others are connected uh, monthly-ish, um, we've had a chance to have conversations over the years. Yeah. And, uh, and beyond that, um, this guy has been just really thoughtful and encouraging and supportive in reaching out to me in some difficult times. So yeah. appreciate you. Uh, no, thank you. And we really love you guys. We love this place. Um, uh, when I'm having stress dreams, uh, I still dream of this place at times. Um, in a stressful way or to get out of the stress? No, it's just stressful. I'm just like, <laughs> usually I'm trying to find something and I'm in the upstairs closet and I can't like find it, um, you know, like, so, so I think that, I think that what that says is that this place is sewn into my bones in some really significant way. And, and it's true. Um, you know, when, when you guys are feeling uh, victory, when you guys are feeling like God is moving, we feel it with you. And when you guys feel like you're struggling and your heart is hurting, our heart is hurt with you. And, and so this place means a lot to us. And so that means that, uh, not just the building, the building is just a thing, but you as a people, mean so much to us and have been with us. Um, Many of you entrusted your children to me, which I still can't believe, Um, and uh, got to walk with your families through a lot of things. And so there's joy in that. Um, And there's lots of great memories being with you. And, um, you know, uh, this is a special place. It means a lot to us. So yeah, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad we can talk about what's going on. Well, we're going to stay connected, and yep. I'm sure we'll have opportunities to stay connected in the future as well. But this morning, we're going to take the next 15 or 20 minutes just to give you just a glimpse of, of some things that God has Scott up to. Uh, and, and here's the, the quick background for those of you that don't know. Faith Church, this local church, is part of an association of churches in our state and in our country and really global ministry called the Evangelical Free Church of America, or the EFCA. And, um, and then our region... 
uh, is made up of Washington, Oregon. I think it used to be Alaska. No more. No more. Uh, okay. The church just closed up there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe again. No, it's actually really good though. Yeah. And then just a side note, yeah. um, it really positive. The church there uh, was older church. Um, they they had maintained their building, which in Alaska is not easy to do. It was in Anchorage. And they, they closed their, um, their services down, but in their bylaws, they'd written in that their resources would then return to the district for us to use. Mm. And so uh, they were able to sell their building like that, which is not an easy thing to do. And we're able to return those funds back into um, the district. And so cool. you, that, that's part of this kind of, you know, um, circle of life that you can see within the church. Yeah. And I'm really excited about that. So yeah. we, we, there's a lot going on. So cool. no more in Alaska. but No more. Not right now. Yeah. So that's how Scott and I are connected is through our region, the Pacific Northwest region of the EFCA, of that association of churches of which we're a part. And many of you will know the name Bruce Martin, who was also here a few weeks ago to bring, teach us from God's word. Uh, he's the district leader in the Pacific Northwest. And then there are some others, Scott included, that are working in our district, in our region mm-hmm. to support um, yep. Churches and support pastors, and what's that? What's your official role? So now my in that way? my official role. So I'm uh, I'm a member of the district board. So uh, we do oversee the churches in our district. So I'm a member of the ch- uh, district board. But I'm I was hired um, a few years ago. Actually, um, I was hired January of 2020. So you know, just perfect timing to get a job um, in trying to gather people. <laughs> um, and, and so uh, I got hired in January of 2020 to be the uh, district. Uh, so be church multiplication director, which is just a made-up term. Um, <laughs> all titles are made up. It's, it's <laughs> well, just the way it yes, is. Yes, all titles are made up. But yes. here's the part that excites me is yeah. uh, even in recent years, I came across this language from the EFCA. It'll be yeah. on the screen. Uh, the EFCA says that its, its mission statement is, we, the EFCA, exist to glorify God by multiplying transformational churches among all people. And then so you go, well, what's a transma- transformational church? And I just love this. Dig into this for just a second. A transformational church. Let's ask God to show us how he wants to do that, continue to do that here at Faith Church. A transformational church is a church where people together are becoming more like Jesus and empowered by the Holy Spirit are extending the influence of Jesus's redemptive work. So Jesus's mission to the world is to save and to forgive and to make people right with God and to adopt us into his family. So we have, we want to be asked, we want to ask God by his grace to use us individually and collectively faith church to extend the influence of Jesus's redemptive work into the lives of individuals, families, and communities. Mm. Does that sound like something we want to be about? I do. Yes, me too. Okay. And so, Let's do it. And so Scott, in his regional role, is being asked to encourage churches, help start new churches, but also encourage existing churches That's right. how we can yeah. be transformational churches. Yeah. And, and it is, um, it's the mission of the EFCA, but um, it, it's much more granular than that. It doesn't happen. You know, you, you get a statement like that, and it feels so big, but, but it's actually much more granular. It happens at a smaller level. It happens at the local level. It happens at the neighborhood level. This isn't something that you can just say and like speak into existence. It happens when individuals feel the movement of the Spirit within them to begin a gathering somewhere. So this isn't just something big for leaders to talk about. It's something that our church family here 
Look, if it's not, yeah, if, if it's not embraced at the neighborhood level, if it's not embraced at the household level, it's just not embraced at all, yeah. right? Because it's something where we can say we're about something without actually being about something. You guys know what that's like? That's just not fun. It's just not a thing at that point. It's just words that we say. And I think our culture is just inundated with words without action. This is about saying, are the, is there anybody who's feeling the movement of the Spirit to begin something, to start something? And it can happen anywhere with and this is just my opinion with anyone, um, with, any, with anyone at all. Yeah. yeah. So is there anything else you wanted to add just about your role as, you, as you've come, yeah. as you're kind of still sort of new yeah. to it? What, what, is, what is it that God so, asked you to do and kind of what's the biblical thrust of that? And, okay, so yeah, yeah I, I, I've written a little thing that's on our website, the, the district website, and um, you probably wouldn't come across it unless you're like, I'm interested in planting a church. But, but my role is simply this, to help cultivate a movement of Jesus-oriented, transformational churches here in the Northwest. In partnership with the Holy Spirit and Jesus' commission, Matthew 28, I would say 16 through 20, but 19 through 20 is what I put on there, our district aspires to resource and guide church planting families toward the multiplication of disciples and the creation of new churches in this time and place. That's really long sentence, okay? I am there so that if someone feels that movement in their heart, that they know who to call, and they can call me, and it just says right under that on our website, if you're interested in this, call me for a no-strings-attached conversation, and that's what it is. We need to talk, right? And so I just begin to do that, and right now there's just a few. I've got probably three people who are calling me and saying, I think this might be for me. What's next? And so I'm having those conversations but this is, this is a role that I'm building. This isn't something that existed in the district before I got hired. And so I, I'm in the process of beginning this. And whenever you're starting something, um, it, it, there's a lot of momentum necessary. And it just takes a little while to get that momentum, especially in a place like the Northwest. People are not lining up to plant churches in the Northwest. It's, that's not a thing that we do out here very often. But, but... Um, I've got counterparts all over the country, um, you know, where there is church planting happening. And, and what's nice is I'm partnering with them in some ways so that we can begin to see what does it look like to assess new people and to spend time with families and create opportunity for them. So I have people helping me, but really right now this feels like I'm, I'm shouldering a lot just to get it going. Yeah. This is beginning. And so coming here, this is just a little experiment I'm trying out. How does it work? And, you know, you guys have let me experiment all kinds of things here in the past. So I thought, well, let's just start here. Um, they already know that I can mess it up and they'll still like me. So I, I wanted to come here to start just to see what is it like to come and talk with a church family that's an existing uh, traditional church model and say, is there any room here to talk about multiplication? And thus far, experiment's going really well. Excellent, yes. Well, I know that you and I can talk about church multiplication. So. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, where does this come from? Where, where do we hear from God about this? Scott mentioned the Great Commission. Uh, certainly, if, if, uh, if a person is feeling called to start a new church, then they have, been, they have felt sent out by God yeah. to, to, to make disciples. If a, why do we need new churches? Some of you I know would ask the question, well, why do we need to start new churches? Because Jesus said we are to make disciples. Because followers of Jesus help other people to help them find Jesus and follow yep. Jesus. And so, so that applies to us, not just these church planters. And, and, uh, and so real quick... Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20 is on the screen. Jesus, after his resurrection from the dead, but before his ascension into heaven, said to his followers, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Go, therefore, here's the main command of this passage, make disciples. Help other people follow Jesus. And you do that by going. You do that by baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You do that by teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And Jesus says, you're not on your own. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. But I know we were talking, and what jumps out at you is actually a verse or two before. you got to go back. Right before this. So, you know, um, you guys know this. Derek is an excellent Bible teacher, and so you know that in any kind of Bible interpretation, context is king, right? If you don't know what they mean when they said it, like one of the first rules of biblical interpretation is that it can't mean something to us today that it didn't mean to the author when they wrote it, right? And so we have to look at everything that's there. And so sometimes, I think in our fervor to want to multiply or want to evangelize or put pressure on someone to make sure they talk to their neighbor about Jesus or whatever it is, we skip some pieces, Because I think the feeling among uh, seminary students, the feeling among um, just everyday people who are saying, I'm living my life, I go to church, I'm a part of something, they wonder, who's supposed to do this? And the idea is almost always, well, we hire people to do the baptizing. We hire people to do the evangelizing. And if I can just do a good job of getting them to come to where they are, my job is done. Mm -hmm. That's not what Jesus gave us. And if you look at verse 16, Jesus says, or something happens here that's really interesting. It says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. What? Mm. What what is that? Mm. Why why would you doubt? You've seen Jesus rise from the dead. You've seen him walk on water, feed 5,000 people. Jesus is literally ascending into heaven right now, and they're going, "Eh, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, maybe. But Jesus doesn't stop. He doesn't get halfway, and he's like, all right, I'm going, wait, guys, do we have to do this again? He just keeps going. Having then, he then commissions them after knowing that they were doubting whether or not he was who he said he was. They were doubting whether or not they were who he said they were. These were not professional people. These were not professional rabbis or theologians. They were just people. They were just people. And, and so when I think of this, I think of Jesus knowing that not everyone was fully convinced. He commissions them to go and make disciples. And it's another reminder that God does not call the equipped. Right? He equips the called. Right? He doesn't demand perfect understanding or perfect obedience. He will work with what you have to give in the moment. I'm saying in the moment, not, okay, I have it now, and then that works in perpetuity. No, I just have it now. I have it today. That's it. Because really, don't get another minute. You're not guaranteed another minute. So in that minute, can I just say, "Uh uh-huh, to Jesus? And he says, yeah, I'm good. I'll work with that. You, church family, each individual follower of Jesus is called. And where God has called... You said he'll equip. Absolutely. Not, not, not we have to sit back and wait, wait, wait to gather all the information and to feel ready and to think we've got it all together, yep. uh, but to trust that God is at work in and through us, that his spirit empowers us, yeah. that, that where he calls us to go and obey the great commission command to make disciples, when we step into that, that he will empower and equip us. And let me just say, when I began in the work of church planting, I made so many mistakes. Colin, you were there, right? Yeah. <laughs> I screwed up so many times. 
I, I said things that I wish I could take back. I, I, I implemented things that didn't make sense to anybody except for me, and maybe not even me. I just fumbled so many times. And, and my wife was with me in that. We, were, like, we would come away from gatherings that we had and saying, what was that? Like, what was that? Who are these people? And will they be here again? Will they come back? We were always wondering, and it felt like we were on the knife edge sometimes, but we weren't. We weren't. It's like stepping out like this is like stepping out on the tightrope. And at first, you're just convinced that if you don't make it across the first time, it's just over. And for us, it was just so different than that because someone would come and like flick that wire and it'd start doing this. And then I would fall off. And I found God's grace there every single time saying, just climb up and go again. Just climb up and go again. Fail, learn, wash, repeat. Let's go. And so we're still doing that. So you are absolutely equipped as you currently sit with nothing more than what you currently have to do what it is that God is asking you to do. No questions asked. So uh, I was just thinking that one way that we want to be aware of of Scott's ministry, of, of our region's efforts to see new churches come to fruition, is that we certainly want to be people of prayer, that God will raise up leaders and places that, that need new uh, gatherings of faith mm-hmm. and, 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 and Jesus being proclaimed. And so we want to pray uh, with you, for you, yep. uh, for our region in, in multiplying churches. Uh, and, but for the sake of our time this morning, I, I want to kind of keep helping us think about it. What does this have to do with us, an yeah. established church, a church that's been around? We're not Good. a church plant. We want to be a transformational church. Um, a lot of times we use language like this, uh, it'll be on the screen, in terms of what, what Faith Church is about. Faith Church is a family of spirit-led Jesus followers who glorify God and live on mission together. Well, what's that mission? That mission goes back to what we talked about, the Great Commission, that our mission is to make disciples, to help other people follow Jesus. What is our mission? It's to ask God, by his grace, to use us, you individual believers and us as a church family, to use us in connecting people who do not yet know Jesus, to the transforming grace and abundant life that is found only in Jesus. If that's why we exist, and it is, and if that's what we want to be about, and it is, and if we want to submit ourselves to the Lord and ask him, what's, uh, what does he have for us? What, what are we doing well? What can we add as we want to connect other people to Jesus? Why I love having you with us this morning then is a lot of the way you would encourage a new church mm-hmm. or a church planter, some yeah. of the things that are, that are so deep in your heart yeah. about how to approach starting a church or reaching people for Jesus, mm-hmm. making disciples, so much of that heart ap- applies right to here. us as we continue to make a difference in the Dallas community and beyond. I absolutely agree. And let me just say that multiplication does not look... So one of my favorite authors is... Uh, Robert Capon, and he has this little line. He says, the same parts never make the same party. Okay? So you guys know what that's like, right? You have like a great gathering with some friends or whatever, and you're like, let's do it again. And the next one's kind of like flat. You're like, what? (laughs) All the same pieces were there, but it just was different. Look, every gathering of believers is going to look a little different. There isn't a cookie cutter version. And if we can just take that away, that would be really helpful. So When you think about multiplication, you might be thinking about church planting. I'm not necessarily leaving it in that realm. I want to grow beyond that. And I think the way it's language, it helps and how we see this and giving ourselves a picture of what it might look like. And so 
One of the ways that I like to do this, and I've, I actually explained this when I was talking at the leadership, um, our district leadership conference, talking to a lot of pastors and elders and leaders from existing churches in our region, and, and they were saying, what do we need to think about and when it comes to church multiplication or church planting? Mm-hmm. And I said, think about ladders and buckets. So here's a picture. If this is a cheesy picture, it's my fault, not Scott's fault. I love that picture. it's a great picture of what he's about to describe. Okay, so no one can be cranky on apple picking day. Okay. Right? True. You can learn that. Yeah, it's just so much fun. Anyway, actually, it's not. It's super hot. Anyway, um, and they're always higher up than you think, which is actually what I mean. Okay, so if you think about our our current Christian culture and where we're at, and our our neighborhoods, our, our, our churches... I grew up in Dallas. I know how many churches there are here, right? And there seems to be one on every corner. If you just walk down back neighborhoods, oh, there's a church there. Huh. And I think, I could be wrong about this, but I think Dallas had a world record at one point in time, the most bars and churches per capita in the world. What a great combo. And, um, and so the, I know there's lots of churches, and so we have this idea well, what do we do with what seems to be an ever-shrinking population of people who want to go to church? What do you do in a post-Christian culture, okay, when all of the low-hanging fruit has been picked? Mm-hmm. And what we've learned how to do, and this is a bit frustrating, but what we've learned how to do in our current culture is to go and tip someone else's bucket over, right? Let me see if I can get the apples in that person's bucket or that church's bucket into ours, and we'll build a bigger bucket. We'll get a bigger bucket that will hold the apples that we tip out of that one. In our, in our um, Eugene area, same kind of deal. Lane County has a ton of churches. And when one closes, which just happened to a friend of mine, his church, he'd, they'd been at it for about the same time as us, and they just stopped. Mm. It's like blood in the water. Churches are mm. clamoring after those people. How do we get them mm. to come to where we are? Okay, now... The idea of tipping someone else's bucket over isn't a great idea, but it is what we do. We hope we can get someone else's apples into our bucket. And what I'm advocating for is building ladders instead, because there are, there are a lot of fruit. There's a lot of fruit. It's just not as easy to get to. A and lot it's about of people who yeah, need Jesus. It's about innovation. Who are not yeah. as easy to find, meet, talk well, with, get well, to know. I would, say, I would say this, Derek. I actually think they are fairly easy to meet, yeah. but our mindset has to change. If the idea is that I can get to the top and that I can pick the fruit and put it in a bucket at the bottom, that's, man, that's the goal. So let's just, we want to keep getting our bucket bigger. We're just going to do it in different ways. The innovative part of this is that could you go into a neighborhood? Could you go somewhere and love somebody without, without the predisposed mindset that they've got to come back to my church? But what if instead I'm going to go be where they are and be church with them where they are. They may end up coming back towards this, but what if they don't? Would they still know that God loves them? Would they still know that Jesus is the way? And all of a sudden, conversations about God, baptism, prayer, all these things begin happening in other places, and we see a decentralized movement of the gospel that happens in all of our neighborhoods, and we celebrate that movement here and then we're out there doing it, and we're celebrating it here. And it may not mean that Faith Church all of a sudden bursts at the seams and every seat is filled. It may mean that every neighborhood has a missionary in it, loving people there mm-hmm. and spending time with them, letting them be who they are, and then we get to be the gospel right there. And if we have in our mindset that it's got to be a road back to our gathering, 
I think we cut our legs off. Yeah. We, we, we shorten the ladder up, right? So the ladder is, exists not to necessarily grow your, the size of your bucket. It, it helps you get to where people are that want to. They do. They want to know that someone cares for them. You know, Mother Teresa said that the greatest poverty is not poverty itself, but it's being lonely and uncared for and feeling like you're unwanted. That is the greatest poverty. And that woman knew poverty. Hmm. Uncared for and unwanted. Who in your neighborhood feels uncared for and unwanted? And how could you maybe change their mind about that? That is gospel movement. That is multiplication. And we become healthier here as they become healthier there. That is the mindset. But that also means we want, we want church planters as well. And church planting is about building ladders as well because you can't go into the neighborhood. And I tried this. Here's my bucket. Get in. Mm. Nobody got in. Mm. Nobody got in. But it was as we spent time in the neighborhood and as the neighborhood began to embrace us, people began to want to be where we were. And we started to want to be where they are. It was a complete shift for us. Does that make sense? Yeah. Church family, you checking with some of that? Some of that language sound familiar? Church is not a building. Church is not an event. Church is not a time slot on Sunday morning. Church is God's people. You, followers of Jesus, on his mission, where you already are in the spheres of influence you already have, in the connections you already have in your community. Is it, are we saying you shouldn't invite people to church? No, no you can invite people Absolutely. to join us on Sundays. But if that's our, our main strategy of hoping that people far from Jesus meet Jesus, we're missing out. Yeah, and, and Derek, I love that word. Of course, there's people who need a community, and this can be one. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying yeah. don't invite someone to come here. I'm saying I'm not sure that that is gospel transformation, Right? We're talking about alignment, not addition. Where in your life is God already opened doors? Where you work, where you hang out, where your hobbies are? We're not asking you to add another thing into your life, but rather to allow, to allow God to open your eyes where you already live, where you already spend time. What, so again, who in your neighborhood is lonely and left out? That's a great place to start. For us, we noticed that Peterson Barn was underfunded. Right? They were just underfunded, didn't have a lot of resources, they didn't have a lot of help. Right? Of all the community centers in Eugene, they were just one that was kind of left out. And so it became our hope to, in a very clandestine and small way, just do something for them. And so we've done so many things over the years that Emmaus Life, they never, no one will ever know that we did it. But Peterson Barn knows we did it. Right? We've done... Uh, art fairs. We've done all kinds of stuff. To uh, We provide volunteers whenever they're uh, hosting an event. We try to do something that might make them better without growing our brand off of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Can you just sow yourself into the soil of a neighborhood and all of a sudden fruit starts to happen and you've been a part of it? It just might not look like what you think. Yeah, yeah it's different. Well, you can tell, if you can't tell, Scott and I could talk about this for a long time. I can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but many of them smell chicken on the grill. Let's and, do it. And we want to get over to the park to have lunch. So I want to pray for you and Absolutely. your family and what God's got you doing. And I would love if you would pray for Faith Church I, I think and, I will. and how God wants to use us. Yeah. And so we're going to pray now, and then we're going to uh, be able to stand and lift our voices in song one more time uh, before we um, take off for lunch together. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we are so thankful for your 
goodness to us in so many ways. And God, we pray your continued goodness and blessing upon Scott and his family, the Lamb family. Would you just care for them and support them and encourage them? Uh, You've used them in so many ways over such a long time through many ups and downs. God, would you continue to be their rock and their strength? Uh, We pray for the the ministry of Emmaus Life in Eugene, that you would continue to work in and through Emmaus, that people would know Jesus more and more, that people would be transformed into the image of Jesus, and that, God, that they would see themselves as spirit-empowered ministers of the good news, that as they invest in the lives of people and their spheres of influence in their neighborhoods, that you, that your love would be known through their love, that your good news would be known as they love people around them. So thank you, God, for this morning and for a chance to hear from Scott. And uh, I do pray that you'd use it in our hearts and minds as we continue to see how you want us to live for you. Yeah, Father, I thank you for this church. That this, in my mind, this is a legacy church um, that has given a lot. And God, I pray for a, a legacy of multiplication in all the different spaces. I, I, as I think about everyone in this room, those that are uh, maybe at home or on vacation, uh, I'm thinking about all the spaces that you are already moving. You're already doing the work of revival. You're already doing the work of multiplication. And you, in your kindness and in your mercy and in your love, invite us into the work. We don't tell you where to work. You show us where you're already working. And so, God, I pray for Faith Church. I pray for the leadership, that they would have eyes to see opportunity wherever they look. Uh, I pray for Derek and for Amy and for the, the family as they are a beacon of hope for those in this church. I pray that they would be a safe place for people to be themselves. Uh, God, I ask for opportunity. Um, and then when opportunity knocks, that this church would be a church that always opens the door in whichever way they can. And so, Jesus, thank you for loving this place. Thank you for loving my family through this place. We thank you for healing. We thank you for the, the ways in which you have brought them through stormy times um, where there were a lot of questions and curiosity about what might be next. And here we are. God, we give you glory and we give you thanks for that. We love you. We offer you this time. We offer you ourselves. Lead us from this place with glad hearts, feeling like we can do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, guys. Thanks, brother. Yeah.